Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ready? It's the Roundtable with me, Robert Bannon. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable. I'm Robert Bannon. You're listening to us on the Broadway Podcast Network or watching us right here on YouTube. I am excited because as a musician occasionally and as someone who loves music, I took violin lessons in for one week. It's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of twisting and turning. And I have some friends who are violists and violinists and anybody who can put together and make music. We had a harpist on the other day who made a beautiful album. We've had people on who have played all sorts of instruments. And the fact that you're able to make a career out of being an, a solo artist and win at the Apollo and tour and put out music, I'm a, I'm ready. And we're neighbors because she's from Teaneck, New Jersey, and I'm from Richmond Park, New Jersey. So Bergen County, stand up. Welcome. Welcome. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Robert. Thank you for having me. I am <laughs> so excited to talk to you. And while we're here, we might as well just bury the lead right from the get-go. The album, the album <laughs> is yes. out now. You know, you can you 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 have to check out the album. Release the Grace is the single. Queen yes. Rising is the album. Wherever yes. you listen to music, however you get your music, make sure you go find the music. Yes, please. What is, I've asked this question, what makes you as an instrumentalist say, I'm not going to just play in an orchestra. I'm not just going to play in a pit. I want to make my instrument be the voice, be the, the, the main focal point of the music. Yeah, well, oh, I mean, I think it started when I was younger. So I started playing, actually, I know exactly how it started. Let me rewind. So I started playing, I was three years old. I started playing the violin and I grew up um, studying Suzuki, the Suzuki method, which is a very specific, very widely known um, method in, in classical violin playing where you learn to listen with your ear and play notes. And it's a it's a lot. But before I go into all of that, there was a lot of competition in that school. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. 
We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. In a, guess a good way, you know, growing up in the 80s, 90s, there was always a lot of competition um, with classical musicians. And I think there was a part of me that said, how do I stand out? What's, what can be different about how I play and express myself on the instrument? So that started in one way. At the same time, I had a great uncle who who was a a preacher and his opinion was, if you're playing the violin, you should know how to play Amazing Grace and Great is Thy Faithfulness and Holy, Holy, Holy and How Great Thou Art. And he made it a point every time I was at his house to teach me a different hymn. And so as I learned the hymns, somewhere along the lines, my parents were like, oh, well, now that you know this, you should be playing in church. Okay. So then I was put in stages and on stage, in pulpits and on stages um, and in position really to perform. And the more I performed, um, the more I had opportunities to improvise on the instrument. I didn't know what that was. And my parents weren't like, well, how how is she going to learn that? And so I went from having classical music teachers to having jazz teachers who taught me how to improvise. So some of it, all all of that to say that, you know, some of it started with, well, how can I be different in my expression on the instrument. And then also there was, well, here's all this music that I'm being taught or being told I need to learn. And then um, learning those things created opportunities for uh, you know performance. And it just kind of went from there because I really loved performing uh, music that wasn't just Bach and Beethoven and Mozart. As much as I loved Bach and Beethoven and Mozart, I'm um, absolutely certain I wasn't meant to be an orchestral musician. Um, I was meant to be the artist that I that I am. So. Yes, I, I love that. Did you study violin here in Jersey? Did you study violin in the city? I'm sure there have been many teachers. Yeah. So I studied everywhere. I grew up in Stratford, Connecticut. So okay. the majority of my classical study was in Connecticut between um, teachers um, in New Haven, the proximity to Yale University, where I ultimately went for undergrad. The um, so a lot all my classical teachers, most of them were either um, Yale graduates or had come through there one way or the other. Um, on the jazz side, though, my at least I would say the the teacher I spent the most time with was John Blake Jr. and he was in Philadelphia. However, most of my study with him happened in Massachusetts, <laughs> so I was all over the map most of the you know with with my study. Um, and and I uh, I was actually thinking about Connecticut in and of itself with its proximity to Massachusetts and what's going on with jazz there and its proximity to New York City as a, as a jazz mecca and how being positioned there really allowed me to kind of glean and develop all of the musical training I needed. So, yeah. I, I love that. I love the jazz world. I love the world. Uh, I, I love the community that is the jazz world. And I love that everyone, and whatever word you use, jazz or whatever word it is, that there's a <laughs> who, had, who love the music and 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 your music, right. listening to your music makes you just 
it's great for cleaning the house, having a dinner party, driving in the car, going to sleep, whatever you need to do to just be. It is a perfect moment. It really is. It really is. While you're here, people can, while we're talking, besides streaming the album and listening to the music, where can we find information about you? We could find you on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I would love for everyone to find me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I'm at Kirsten Stevens. And I post there all the time. That's the best place to find out uh, what I'm laughing about at any given day. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm listening to, what's encouraging me. and, but also, you know, where I'm performing and where you can see me and hear me and learn updates. So there's all of the music stuff, but then there's all the other side stuff, you know, because we're still human beings. You know, we're artists. Art, as, as an artist, you are many, many things in addition to your art. So that's a great place to engage with me and chat and learn and meet my dog, things like oh. that. Yeah, you'll hear my dog. He's he never listens and follows directions for an interview ever. Kirsten's also you can go to kirstenstevens.com if you want more information about her history and where you can find the music and all of that fun stuff. The album, yeah. Queen yes. Rock. Yes. The single, Release the Grace, the videos that go gorgeous, gorgeous. Yes. And Thank what you. do you mean? I I listened to it so I know a little bit what you mean, but what does it mean when you say the single Release the Grace is an ode to Luther Vandross? Oh, well, I mean, so I'm a little old school, right? I'm young, but I'm old school. I mean, I when I grew up, the artists, um, I remember the moment when we got a CD player in the house, and that was somewhere in the early 90s. Um, and there were only so many CDs in the house. Michael Jackson, Jan Jackson, Prince, uh, Stevie Wonder, and Luther Vandross. Like at one point, those were the, and TLC around 96, right? Because I was crazy, sexy, cool. You know, that's where I was in fifth grade, sixth grade. So those are the albums that I first started listening to. Um, Luther Vandross, I have performed his songs um, time and time again, um, but never too much. It was important for me with this album to have something people could dance to, like really actually dance and enjoy and listen and just vibe with. Um, And I didn't, on the artistic side, I didn't think about what I'm about to say, which was that I was going to need permission from the Luther Vandross estate to do what I did to that song. Fantastic. We record the song, we master it, we get all the work done, all the investment. And then I go to figure out, you know, all the back end stuff. And um, our our licensors, they're like, you know, they very rarely approve anything with this song. So we'll send it out. You can pay us. But, you know, when you pay us, it's no likelihood that you're even going to. They literally were like, you can just flush this money down the toilet, but we'll do our due diligence. Uh but we did it. We, we put it out. We put it out. We sent it to them. And, you know, within two weeks, they came back and had approved the song. And so Release the Grace. I mean, there's a lot to say about the title, a lot to say about uh, Luther Vandross. But I'm really mostly thankful and grateful and appreciative um, that we were able, that they allowed um, Christian and I to do what we did on the album with that song, with that track. And to this day, it's one of my favorite tracks on Queen Ooh. Rise. It is a fire track. And it is <laughs> On and the sam- the whole the whole vibe of it all is just something that will get your energy up and your spirit up, and yeah. it is fun. You talked about Christian McBride, Christian McBride, eight time Grammy Award winning bassist, yes. uh, artists in his own right, innovator in his own right. What mm-hmm. was that relationship like, and how did you grab him and 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 grab him yeah. to do this? Uh, um, that is one of the most um, cherished special relationships I have in the music industry. Uh, Christian 
uh, agreed to produce the album in January 2019. We're out at breakfast. We've been friends for some years. And I thought, like, what would it mean if he produced this next album? He had mentioned to me, like, you know, if you just had the right support behind you with the album, you know, I'm pretty sure it'd be really hot. And I was like, you know what? I think he's onto something. And when I asked him about producing, my thought was literally production. Help me with the songs, decide what they are. We right. ended up um, writing the all the original tunes on that on the album we wrote together, all of the arrangements we arranged together. And then he performed on every single song. So when you listen to that album and you hear bass, even if it doesn't say featuring Christian McBride, it is Christian McBride on bass, which is just my, it still blows my mind. <laughs> We did the album release at City Winery last month, and I'm still, that's my dog, um, I'm still, like, mind blown over the fact, even that day, I was like, is it going to happen? Are we, this is actually still, this is a thing. And I'm still, we've recorded the album, mixed, mastered, put it out there, and still the day of the album release, I was like, this is actually really happening. And I think that that makes it even more magical and more special, um, because it's really humbling to have an artist of his stature um, point you out and say, I see your magic too. And how can I help to elevate and bring you up? And so, so I've just been really humbled and really blessed, amazingly blessed by being able to work with him and glean all of his expertise. So it's, and so you're, you bring, it's out now. We'll stream the album, everybody. Yeah. You hear it. You your show at City Winery. I heard all about it after after it was said and done. I heard you had an amazing crowd. You put on a show for the people. And yeah. um, what is live performing versus you home rehearsing versus you in a studio recording? What, yeah. what as in, for someone who plays violin? What what do you get from from that live interaction with the audience compared to you yeah. just? all the practicing and all of the recording that you do where it's very alone and isolating. What's it like to get that energy back from the crowd? Yeah. I mean, it's like immediate gratification, right? Any performer, I'm sure you, you, you know, like, like you can think you're really amazing in your little corner. A lot of us are amazing opera singers in our showers every day, but when you get up on stage, and perform, that's the litmus test. And it's a little easier on a night like your album release when the room is filled with, you know, half of your friends and family. Um, but still, you can still, as an artist, you know when the notes are hitting, right? And when the melodies are saturating the people who are listening. Um, and so I find that performing, I actually need the energy of the audience to really just deliver. Um, but I will say on the other side of the pandemic and having recorded um, this particular album, there's a certain um, uh, confidence is not the right word, but there's a certain flow. There's a certain natural flow that's different in my playing uh, than it than I used than it used to be. It used to be like an effort, like an up the hill. Now it's just like sliding down a hill. Like, oh, these are the notes I want to play. Let's uh, let's just go, and it just feels effortless and graceful. Um, and really beautiful. So, oh, and, and it's it shines through on, on all of the music. Your your whole, your whole team. If you go through the press release of a, who's on this album, if yes. it's your drummer, if it's the the if it's if it's your the person who mixed the album, all the musicianship, if it's keyboards, if it's if everything that you brought onto this, your music director, it, all the people that you brought onto this. I've worked with legend legends, top to bottom, That's Grammy right. awards stacked to, to the ceiling. And you know your audio engineer, ten Grammy Award. You know, like you yes. have a team that has worked with everyone. Yes. What, what 
is it mean, you know, for a long time as an artist, I I, I would have, get a band, get a music director that I thought was going to be great, have a horrible show or have trouble communicating. And then people would say, you got to let them go. And I'd be so afraid to yeah. level up or to let go of someone who was with me until I found my team. And then when I found my team, I was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. What, what, like, what has it been like to assemble this team and to work with them? Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's been a blessing, right? Like, also, I feel like a, like a planet inside a really magical orbit <laughs> in the sense that, um, also, it's very intimidating. Just to be really transparent, it's very intimidating. Um, I absolutely had to fight imposter syndrome over and over again. Um, I'm glad when I was sitting working with um, Todd Whitelock on the mass, on the mixing of the album, we were working, one of the sessions we worked in his, his in-home studio and he had one Grammy sitting over the, the, the computer. It's great, cool, I come in, it was raining that day. I remember I rushed in and rushed upstairs. When I came downstairs after the session and I happened to just glance up at the wall, that's when I saw all the other Grammys. <laughs> Like, well, God, I'm so glad I didn't see that on the way in because I don't know if I could have like functioned properly because it can be very intimidating to say, okay, all of you have accomplished all of these things and then here I am and and having, you know, accomplished, you know, some things, but not those things. And those things are my dreams. So it's like sitting and watching people. And th I think that's the power of it. Like I would say it's also power, it's empowering in the sense that, you know, you all have accomplished this and you all are using all of your accomplishments to, to assist me in accomplishing what's next and we're doing it together. And so if, if, if it, why not me, if you, right, it's kind of how you start to think. And so I found it just really, um, just really empowering and really encouraging um, to be among such talented special people and each one of them had their own special soft spirits that they brought that made the project for all my imposter syndrome and anxiety and proclivities or whatever I had coming in they're being surrounded by all of that excellence kind of just zeroed all that out so it was, a, it was really cool to work that's with because you're right where you're supposed to be with people with contemporaries <laughs> with with people that want to work with you yeah and, and it's, uh, it's, I'm sure, very overwhelming. I get it. I really do. But that's elevated your game. And here you are. And the album is out. And you could be streaming it, everybody. So make sure you're streaming it. Let's yes. talk about, you have a, a special relationship with the Apollo. I mean, the mm -hmm. Apollo is sacred ground uh, for, for performance and for art and culture in, in, in Harlem, in New York, and the United States and the world. I mean, it's synonymous with talent. Yes. What made you be a part of Amateur Night? And what was the trick? How did you end up winning 168 times? And <laughs> what 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 was that experience like? What was that building ground for you in your career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I'll I'll put that back on my family. So I was 15 when I first took the stage at the Apollo Theater. I had no idea what that was even about. I mean. I, Okay, I knew Showtime at the Apollo, but as a teenager, I wasn't as appreciative of the fact that this was this major opportunity to make a name for myself. And Apollo back then, you could play on that stage once and get signed backstage, right? There were always press uh, press and publicity and, and record label um, folks milling backstage. So it was really, I wanna say my grandma, my grandfather, 
my father and my mother, between the three of them, they all got together and say, okay, she, she's going to um, audition. And I want to say, um, leading up to it, I had, I had uh, competed in the Hal Jackson Talented Teens competition. And Hal Jackson's daughter was a talent scout for Amateur Night at the Apollo. So once I performed in Hal Jackson, I was 15 years old, she had me do a private audition for the team at Amateur Night at the Apollo. And so that's how it all ultimately came together. You know, all of that performance in church at, led to ultimately, well, if you're performing, you might as well be competing in all these talent competitions. Well, what's that? Did the talent competition, talent scout saw me, invited me to compete in Amherst Night at the Apollo. And the secret sauce, to get to your, your question, um, back to where I started about how do I stand out? What do we do differently on this instrument? Um, and back to what I said about being old school, I was listening to Regina Carter, and I think she had done this really jazzy, island-infused version of Papa Was a Rolling Stone. So I said, okay, I'm going to the Apollo. I'm going to do the temptation, my version of the temptations. Papa was a Rolling Stone. And that's what I chose. So by the time I got there, I was 15. So those audiences saw a 15 year old come out on stage with a black, skinny little violin playing Papa was a Rolling Stone. And that was the song uh, that did it. And I won that first one, second one, third one. Um, and then that same team, for those who don't know, Amateur Night at the Apollo is the stage show the stage talent show. And then Showtime at the Apollo is the broadcast television show. And so that same amateur night team brought me back for Showtime. And that's when I won the next three episodes. And it, it was it was magical. And it really changed how I play because I was so scared. <laughs> I stepped on stage. And so to get over it, I just closed my eyes. So sometimes when you see me play, even to this day with my eyes closed, I'm not playing now because I'm afraid. But then as a 16 year old taking, you know, the amateur night stage, because I could be booed then. Now they don't they don't boo the, the, the child contestants, but then you could definitely get booed. And I don't recall getting booed, but I do recall being scared and closing my eyes in order to just get through the performance. But yeah, Ooh. magical experience. 15. I remember going to tapings of Showtime at the Apollo. I remember yeah. staying up in the New York area at till one o'clock in the morning on, on NBC to watch Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah, um, yeah. Hal Jackson, if you're not from the New York area, is a legendary, you know, DJ and yes. radio personality here in New York. What yes. a wow. Wow. Yeah. What a what a journey. Yeah. What a journey. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Are there moments where you feel in a modern world where, you know, where do you fit in as an artist? Because are you jazz? Are you classical? Are you only instrumentation? Are you, what, what, how do you, do you, do you think about that and just say like, I'm just going to stay true to what I am? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I have a choice, but to be true to who I am. So there's that. Um, but I also strongly believe that the industry makes room for excellence at all times, mm -hmm. you know? And so I feel like even though I don't, some of the tracks on that album fit into, you know, smooth jazz. Others fit into contemporary jazz. Some of them have hints at real hard jazz, like swing and bop, right? Um, but I just believe that as an improvising violinist, to some extent, there is no genre for that. You just enjoy it. Like, as long as it's good music, you know, good feel good music, which all of you should be streaming or can absolutely stream today on Spotify, and Apple Music and Amazon Music and YouTube Music, everywhere you listen to music. Um, if, if, if 
for all of the excellence that it is, I feel like your your gift makes room for you. I'll always believe that. And as such, I think that um that 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 I'll right now I'll stand firmly rooted in contemporary jazz, but I I know that there's there's so much more for me to do. Yeah, so. Kirsten, when you say Im improvised violinist, when mm -hmm. you go into, when we listen to the album, what were all of those notes written on the page, or, or are they are they coming to you? And when we see you in concert, yeah, are all the notes planned, or are they improvised? What does that mean to be an improvised violinist? Yeah, well, improvised means if you give me a chord or a melody. I can take it, bend it, shape it however I'd like. Now we all, I think, as musicians, um, have that ability. I think it it it's a it's a skill that that requires training, uh, and it. I think I'm well positioned to do it. Any Suzuki trained classical violinist is well trained to do it because we play with our ears very strongly. And when you develop that ability to hear the chord changes, well, then you can just, you know, now we're and then you layer on to that all of the tenets and methodologies of jazz and chordal progression, right? Um, then that part is not written. What is written are the melodies, the structure, the song structure, the form structure of the particular song. Those things don't change. Um, it's just, it's, 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 there's always a song form, right? A, A, B, A, whatever right. that is. And then you follow that form through your solo and then you come back to the song. Like all, all the questions I usually have are like, how long does a solo have to be? It doesn't have to be a year long. You know, sometimes musicians, we have so much to say, but it's like, move on to the next song and save that thought. <laughs> you know? um, but I think that's the cool part. And when you're able to improvise, that's really the key to unlocking all the various genres. You know, you can improvise and do a rock solo, um, a jazz solo, a smooth jazz, hip hop, all those things you can break into if you know, if you can say, okay, here's the chord I've got, here's the beat, here's the rhythm, let's go. Um, and I think what helps all of that is listening to a lot of different artists. Like for me, rhythmically, I think I like, I, I know I like hip hop, like literally love hip hop. But for me, musically, it's the, um, uh, the rhythms of the rhymes that speak to me. Like, so if I'm listening to a bunch of hip hop for a whole week and then I go and play a jazz gig, you'll hear a lot more rhythmic playing from me because, because I'm literally rapping and rhyming in through the notes. Um, differently from that, uh, gospel on the, on the improvisational side from gospel, I'm taking, um, that exaltation from, from the gospel music, right? That moment where the song lifts and it becomes worship that has taught me how to build a solo, how to build it to a place where it really reaches that peak in your heart. And people, I cry and people cry when I play, but that's coming from that gospel tradition. I feel like that I sit within. Um, and on the jazz side, there's that improvisational, you know, form, taking the chord progressions and the song form and knowing when it starts and when it ends <laughs> and how long it should or shouldn't be and That's leaving space. So there's a lot to say for, for what it is. And I think just, I think it's magical for any artist, no, any musician to understand whether you're a vocalist or an instrumentalist to really learn and understand how to improvise. You know, it's why I don't do musical theater anymore because I'm so tired of music directors telling me how to sing. However, I feel it is how I'm going to sing it. That's how. <laughs> yeah, that's different. You're right. You're right. I mean, when you're on Broadway, you know, doing a show day in and day out, there's certain things you've got to do as rote. There's it's just it's just you know that's how it's meant to be. I was in musical theater for a little while as a kid, so. Mm -hmm. Fiddler on the roof several times. 
you know, I did several uh, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, Annie, Annie Warbucks, right? Two different plays. <laughs> Which is the one that's like, please, sir, can I have some more? Oliver. I was in Oliver. I was in two Olivers. So I, I did a lot other than violin as a kid, but all of it was somehow tied to creativity and music and performance. When it's in you, it's in you. Yeah. And I love your conversation about the music that inspires you and how it moves your playing. Cause I feel that way as a singer. If I'm really in a certain type of mood, when I get up on at you and innately just take on some of the things that move you and, and especially in a nerdy way, the chord structure and the build of a song, um, mm -hmm. you know, that moment where you make us cry or that moment where we feel jubilant and elated and, and lift up, you emotionally manipulate us with your chord structure <laughs> to make us feel a certain way. You know, that's what music is about. That's what it's about. Oh gosh. Everyone go to my Instagram page. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a, a, a quote for you. Emotionally manipulate us. When you stream the album, you stream the album and then DM her all the moments she emotionally manipulated you when she put <laughs> on its head and made you feel something. Please tell me, I wanna know. <laughs> and quote oh, Robert Bannon. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm so excited to see what's next. I'm excited to see you do more live shows. I'm excited for more music. I'm excited for you to just fly. We we need this good, smart, talented music that that is is needed and fills our soul. Um, Kirsten Stevens is uh, on Instagram. It's if you're listening to us, it's K E R S T E N Stevens S T E V E N S, and yes. go to her website as well, so you can stay up to date on the music, the, the albums, the 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 concerts, the whole thing, and go listen to the go listen to Queen Rising wherever music is heard. And when you go to the Instagram page, you can also click the link, see the music video, see the whole the whole the whole experience. You know, it's a whole thing, and there's more coming. There's more oh. music that's coming. You know, there's more performance coming. There's a lot planned for 2024. So definitely please, please stay in touch with me because I want to be able to bring and share as much music as I can with everyone. I'm ready. Yeah. We're yeah. ready. Congratulations. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you, Robert, so much for making this space and place, not just for me, but for so many artists here in New York and around. Because, you know, the more the more platforms we have, the better. And it really... It really matters that that you take the time and dedicate it in this space in this way. So thank you for holding space for us. The honor is really mine. I'm I'm in awe and and so enamored by the all that you all are and and the light and the beauty that you shine through. So thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.